people. Nailed it. As per Outstanding. We're just... So we're good. We're just so good at it all. You know? <laughs> Literally at everything we ever do. Always, all the time. That's uh, kind of what we're known for. It's kind of exhausting. <laughs> Truly. How wonderful we are. You know, we're just like carrying the world on our backs. We're just so good. You don't understand. And it's really stressful and it's hard to be us. It is. <sighs> Welcome back to another episode of Honestly, a horror cast with Zoe and Logan. That was Logan, and that was Zoe. Whoa, 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 whoa. Another flawless intro. <laughs> Again, it's so hard. When you've got it, you've got it, and boy, do we got it! Do we ever? <laughs> Everyone's turned it off now. I don't think anybody turned it on. Fair. <laughs> Fair. Noted. Uh. Um, we're here this week to talk to you about the critically acclaimed, <laughs> what year did this come out? 2010 film, Saw 3D. 2010. 2010. Brackets. This is the first one without, uh, Roman, Roman numerals. numerals. Yeah, Roman and his numerals are <laughs> not here. Chat. This is the seventh installment in the Saw franchise, and it was shot in 3D. And God, was it good. God, was it great. And boy, do they want you to know it was filmed in 3D. <laughs> that was 3D. That was 3D. The whole time we were watching it. Yeah. Just, oh, 3D. I do think, I think I said this when we were watching it, but that would make a fun drinking game. Or yeah. non-drinking. It'd just be a fun game. You don't have to drink alcohol. That's fine. Tally it. But just to count how many times a shot was shot for 3D. Specifically. Specifically knowing. A lot of them. Countless. And God bless. And I think it was great. And I mean, it's enjoyable even without the 3D. So. Although, it would have been, it would have been good to see it. They uh, should re-release it in theaters. Okay. They should. They should do all of them. Re-release all the Saw films in theaters leading up to Saw 11 and coming out. And bring us. Yes. Obviously. Please and thank you. That goes without saying. We beg. Like, hello? Do you know us? <laughs> hello. <laughs> Let's introduce you once again to the key players. <laughs> we have John Kramer, as always. The Jigsaw Killer, husband, civil engineer, founder of the Urban Renewal Group, Petty King, and certified cool teen, as evidenced by his backwards baseball cap. Hell yeah. In the film. Then we have Detective Lieutenant Mark Hoffman, homicide detective working for the Metropolitan Police Department. He's a jigsaw apprentice, a pouty king, a reverse bear trap survival who... Survival? He's a survivalist. He is. (laughs) Who's now fueled by vengeance and, dare we say, kind of hot in this one. No. Question mark. Like... I'll say it. Hey, I'll, I'll things be have brave. changed. I'll be brave and say Mark Hoffman. Hot. More like Mark Hotman. <laughs> hey. But, but, um, but really, it's, just, <laughs> it's no laughing matter. It's very serious and we have to talk about it. Then we have the woman herself, Jill Tuck. John's ex-wife, Hoffman's mortal enemy, and yet another gaslit woman in the Saw franchise. Mm-hmm. Then we have a new character, mm. Officer Matt Gibson. Boo. Who's an officer working for the Internal Affairs Division of the Metropolitan Police mm-hmm. Department. Mm-hmm. He owes Mark Hoffman his life, 
but also reported him to Eternal Affairs. He's crazy. You know that? We knew he was crazy the minute we laid eyes on him. Crazy. Crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Perhaps one of the best lines in the whole movie. Mm. Crazy. That would be another game to tally how many times Matt Gibson says crazy, specifically talking to Jill Jill. as well. Yeah. Then we have Officer Rogers, who is um, Officer Gibson's partner. He also works in internal affairs. We don't know anything about him other than he loves a flat cap. He's just wearing a crazy hat in like every scene. You're like, okay, King, show it off. He loves the cat. He loves the black cat. Oh, He's a newsie. <laughs> then we have Bobby Dagan, who's the author of Survive, My Story of Overcoming Jigsaw. He's a scam artist, and I think he really wants his nipples pierced. That's what I'm gathering from him. Then we have his whole entourage, mm-hmm. which consists of Joyce Dagan, his wife. Kale, no last name, his best friend and co-scammer. Kale That's us. with a C. Yeah, we're, we're best co-scammer. friends co-scammers. <laughs> then we have Nina, also no last name, mm-hmm. um, his publicist. And Suzanne, no last name, his lawyer. Mm-hmm. Then we have Dr. Lawrence Gordon, what? who is back, back, back again. He is a successful oncologist at the not-abandoned Angel of Mercy Hospital. He's a dilapidated bathroom trap survivor. He's down one limb, but up one sick-ass game. And he's sitting on a secret. Guess who's back in the house? <laughs> Came click-clacking about. That's him. Then we have Dr. Adam Hefner, forensic pathologist for the Metropolitan Police Department. He's involved in the Jigsaw Killer case, and he's a peekaboo enthusiast. Tim and Hoffman love to play. Then we have Officer Palmer, who's also working for the Internal Affairs Division, and she's a receiver of safe house mail. And I think that's important to note. We also have the other trap victims. So we have Brad, Ryan, and Dina, who are members of a love triangle. Both Brad and Ryan committed various crimes for Dina, all the while she was cheating on both of them with the other. Then we have Evan, Dan, Kara, and Jake, who are members of a group of racist skinheads. Great. Not great. Then we have Sydney, who's a member of the support group after surviving being put in a jigsaw trap with her abusive boyfriend, Alex. And then we also see some familiar faces. We see Simone, Tara Abbott, Emily, and Addie from The Last Saw. And then we see Trevor from Saw 4 and Malik Scott from Saw 5. <laughs> Those are the cast of characters for this one. That's a good cast of characters. Except for the racist skinheads. Yeah. But they got theirs. <laughs> Boy, do they. Okay. So, the film opens with a flashback sequence to the first film, showing Dr. Lawrence Gordon, logo, if you will, (laughs) crawling through a hallway after sawing off his foot and Mm -hmm. escaping the dilapidated bathroom trap. The dilapidated bathroom (laughs) trap would be a better way of saying that. Um, Along the way, he comes across a steaming pipe. (laughs) That pipe is steaming. And uses it to cauterize the stump and stop the bleeding, causing him to lose consciousness due to the pain. As you would. Likely thing to happen. 
The scene then shifts to an unknown point in the timeline. <laughs> That's different for the Sovereign. Very different. Where two men, Brad and Ryan, mm-hmm. wake up inside the Welthammer store. <laughs> Welthammer? Yeah. I don't... And where did it say that? I you know? don't recall. No, but it's it's in the lore. It's, <laughs> hey, they're inside the Welthammer store um, in the center of a public square. Mm-hmm. Dina, Brad and Ryan's girlfriend, who cheated on both of them, is suspended from the ceiling. Billy rides in on his little tricycle, wearing some very snazzy, glittery shoes. He was dressed in this one. Oh, just so dapper, so snazzy. That's our little man. <laughs> That's our little man. He came to stunt on all these hoes. He did, and he did. He was successful. So, he rolls in and informs them that one of them will have to die within the next 60 seconds. <laughs> within the next 60 seconds. I just love that. I'm going to start going into situations like that, pulling up on a tricycle, <laughs> wearing glittery shoes, and going, hey, you have 60 seconds. What if you have to die? die. <laughs> by, by the way, <laughs> BT dubs. <laughs> and this is the public execution trap. <laughs> so, again, victims, Brad, Ryan, and Dina. And it's located inside the Welthammer store, which is apparently a home improvement market located in a public square no so we can add this to the list of things that this mystery town does have okay on top of methadone clinic (laughs) several hospitals several hospitals just a police department just it's a wild place to be it really is Um, but it consists of a contraption in the center of a display window on both sides are circular saw blades. In the middle of the contraption was a movable device with a third blade. Brad and Ryan were chained to either side while Dina was chained to a large metal plate suspended from the ceiling above the center blade. Once the game began, Brian, Brian, I combined their names, <laughs> Brad and Ryan had 60 seconds to kill each other by pushing the saws all the way to the other side. If one of them achieved this and thereby killed their opponent, Dina would be saved. Otherwise, the plate would be lowered down when the timer went off, causing her to be sliced in half by the saw blade. And of course, it's not complete without a little message. So it says, hello, Brad. Hello, Ryan. I want to play a game. (laughs) The same woman has played each of you for a fool, manipulating your love for her and causing nothing but pain. Her fun and games push you both to break the law to fulfill her material needs. She is toxic. And today, all of your transgressions will be made public. Now you must choose who will drop out of this triangle. For within 60 seconds, one of you must die. If you wish to save her, then the saws must be pushed all the way to one side or the other, sparing her while proving who is indeed the alpha male. Are you both strong enough to walk away from what is destroying you? Or will you fight one more time for your heart that binds? You have 60 seconds to decide. Live or die, make your choice. Classic. There's one thing about Jigsaw. He hates a love triangle. <laughs> he gets it. He gets how that's a bad trope. Yeah. He said, no, he said, we're I'm not, not doing, doing this. this. As the game begins, a massive crowd watches the scene through the storefront window. While Brad and Ryan initially fight against each other, Dina tells one man she loves him and the jilted man starts winning. She then tells the other who is about to win that she loves him. They ultimately decide that Dina is not worth either of their lives and choose to sacrifice her. 
As the timer expires, Dina is lowered onto the saw and sliced in half. Ouch. Rip, girl. Also, though, that's kind of on you. Because why are you trying to, like, lie to them when they can both hear you? You know? That did feel That was crazy. a dumb move. That felt really wild. Yeah. It's like, um, I don't think this is having the result that you think no. it's going to have. Because you're like, I love you, Brad, so much. But don't Fuck listen. Ryan. I just said that in front of him. Then you're like, wait, Ryan, no. <laughs> ignore what I just said to Brad. I was lying. I actually love you. Like, mm, girl. <laughs> Think about it. Think what we're doing. The two timing thing doesn't really work when (laughs) they're both in the same storefront window with you. So just something to consider. Next time. (laughs) So the scene shifts once again. (laughs) After escaping the reverse bear trap at the end of Saw 6, Hoffman uses his arts and crafts supplies to stitch up his face and hides in an abandoned hangar and plans to exact revenge on Jill Tuck. (laughs) Jill, who witnessed his escape, is now plagued by nightmares of Hoff Daddy. Aren't we all? Yes. This is also, before we get into her dream, her <laughs> nightmare, this is where he leaves getting his like face ripped open mm. almost, takes the reverse bear trap with him, and is carrying it like a handbag. Yes. He walks into the room, reverse <laughs> bear trap first. He's like holding it out. He hooks it on his arm. Like, it's a little handbag. Yeah. Love that for him. (laughs) But the pain train is her dream, which is truly insane. (laughs) Um, The victim is Dream Jill Tuck. Um, Jill is stood between a pair of metal rails suspended a few feet above the floor. Why is it suspended? I don't know. Because it can be. (laughs) Her arms and legs are chained to prevent her from moving. A large motorized contraption with a giant blade pointing in Jill's direction was positioned at the end of the rails. The train was then manually activated by pulling an attached lever. Once started, it began to move forwards, inevitably ripping her apart. Just whoosh. Yikes. That's gotta hurt. She's in like her little skimpy pajamas too. It just felt very, it felt like a lot. (laughs) Yeah, I feel this movie is very interesting just, like, tonally um, in terms of, like, how women are portrayed. Because even, like, in the opening scene with Dina, like, it's very, like, titty forward. It is. Um, But they, like, have them respectfully in the trap to cut. Anyway, it's just... And then this, they have her in her little, like, nightgown. Mm. And that's literally, it's when her and Hoffman are having the big naturals off. He's on one end. She's (laughs) on the other. Only one set will win. And ultimately, (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, so Jill goes to the police station and informs Matt Gibson, an internal affairs officer, that Hoffman is the successor and former accomplice of her ex-husband, John Kramer. In exchange for protection and immunity, Jill promises to give Gibson all the evidence she can provide to find and arrest Hoffman. Nailed it. Eager to end the Jigsaw murders for good, Gibson immediately agrees. Good. King. Good on you. Good for you. This is going to go swimmingly. For everyone involved, I think. everyone involved. I'm just checking my notes to see if there's anything worth um, mentioning. Oh, I did just say, back when we were talking about Billy and his sparkly shoes, is Hoffman the one who... Gave Billy the cunty little shoes. I think it. I think we have no choice but to believe it was. Cause like Billy didn't have cunty little shoes in the earlier films. Like no. those are a new addition, and I feel like Hoffman. I mean, look to the man carrying the handbag. 
I think that's all the evidence we need. And he has, like, his arts and crafts supplies. He's sitting there in the hangar with all his goodies. We know what he was up to. And it was glittering shoes. I feel like he bedazzled Billy's shoes. Yeah. You know, he had some time. Yeah, I think it's fun. Okay, so we're then introduced to Bobby Dagan, an alleged survivor who has written a self-help book called Survive. S U R V I V E survive based on his experience escaping a jigsaw trap. He claims to have pierced his pectoral muscles with hooks and hoisted himself into the air in order to escape. He is being interviewed on a daytime talk show called Daybreak. Daybreak. <laughs> with him are his best friend Kale with a C, his lawyer Suzanne, his public relations woman, Nina, and his wife, Joyce. He and his handlers argue about how well the interview went. Nina wanted him to mention his wife so Joyce could come out on stage and he could really ham it up and kiss her, but Kale, Suzanne, and Joyce think it went well. Sometime later, Hoffman abducts a group of four (laughs) racist skinheads. You know. As you do. As you do. Um, That's Evan, Kara, Dan, and Jake. Uh, and takes them to Pete's auto body, a junkyard, may or may not be abandoned. We don't know. To be determined. Um, where he has prepared another gruesome game. And that is the horsepower trap. So it's located in this maybe abandoned junkyard. <laughs> um, it's in the center of the garage is a car, which is held up by several jacks. The doors as well as the hood had been removed, and the steering wheel was secured in position by chains. Evan was on the driver's side, and his naked back was glued to the seat. Once the game began, he had 30 seconds to tear himself off the seat and pull a red lever attached to a motor. During the game, the car was constantly increasing in speed. If Evan didn't reach the lever in time, the jacks holding the car would drop, setting off a deadly chain of events, Mm -hmm. to say the least. (laughs) Kara was strapped to a large metal plate by barbed wire with her head laying directly under one of the tires, causing her head to be crushed once the car fell down. Um, Dan was chained to a metal post directly behind the car. His arms and lower jaw were pierced by metal rings, which were connected to the back of the car (laughs) via more chains. (laughs) Once the car fell, it would move forward with high speed, thereby ripping off his arms and jaw. Jake was chained to the garage door and would be run over once it surged forward, and Evan would then be thrown through the windshield, crashing into a wall, and potentially being killed in the process. I had to include that part, because that made me laugh so hard in the description. Potentially being killed in the process. Like, I think... I'd say the chances are good. I think they're high. Um... It is suspected that this might have been a rigged trap, as Hoffman needed one of the body bags to infiltrate the police station later on. So it may have never been intended to be won by anyone. Slay. Hoff Daddy. And of course, there's a message. Hello, Evan. (laughs) I want to play a game. The situation you find yourself in is of your own doing. You, your girlfriend, and your friends are all racists. (laughs) You have intimidated others based on their physical differences, but today it is you who will run scared. Your pathetic friends follow your every word, Evan. Therefore, you will be the only one capable of saving them and yourself. In 30 seconds, the jacks holding up this car will fall, setting off a deadly chain of events, Mm -hmm. as mentioned. 
In order to stop this from happening, you must tear yourself away from the seat to which you are glued. Then you must pull the red lever before you, but no act comes without a sacrifice. You've judged others by the color of their skin, and today, Evan, you will learn that we are all the same color on the inside. Live or die, Evan, the choice is yours. Red lever, yellow lever. I was lever. so hard. I'm quite proud. <laughs> no, that was. As someone who said full frontal noodle tea, noodle I think tea. we're making Never great forget. strides. <laughs> we really are. Um, so ultimately, no one survives. So I guess you could say they tried, tried so, hard so hard and got, and so, got far, so far. But, but in, in the, the end, end, it doesn't even matter. You know, I guess you could say that. I guess you could say that. Also, um, important to note that Chester Bennington, Chester Bennington is, is in this the film. <laughs> so um, that's cool. It's a fun fact. Um, shortly afterward, the corpses are found by the police. Um, at the crime scene, Gibson and his partner, Officer Rogers, discover the bear trap Jill had used when she tried to kill Hoffman. As they find her fingerprints on the device, Gibson takes her into productive custody, placing her in a safe house, mm-hmm. gaslighting her for a good measure, and calling it a day. Yeah. However, just as he tries to leave the safe house, they receive a disc to the house containing a video message from Hoffman. In it, he tells Gibson about another game and assures him he'll stop it in exchange for Jill. Hello, Gibson. Been a long time. What I want is simple. Give me Jill Tuck. You're protecting her despite the fact that she had direct knowledge throughout, which makes her complicit in every death. I'll make you a deal. Give her to me. The game stops. No one else dies. If not, everyone dies and you'll be to blame. Make your choice. The clock's ticking. <laughs> Not willing to accept the ultimatum, Gibson sends Jill to the detention cells of the police station for protection. I also just want to note that at one point he says Jill is crazier than a sack full of cats. <laughs> And she's literally just a woman sitting there. Yeah, she's not doing anything. Not doing anything, not saying anything. That's also like when he says that line where he's like, you're crazy. You know that? I've known you were crazy since the moment I laid eyes on you. Crazy, crazy. crazy. She's just sitting there. Safe house. Get it? (laughs) Safe house. It's a safe house. You're safe in this house. That's the best scene in any movie ever. And I will die on that hill. No, it's really He's like, it's safe. You're safe here. It's so safe. You're a crazy woman. And he walks out there like, hey, Hoffman found us. He knows where we are. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, Okay, so moving on. Bobby is hosting a Jigsaw Survivor support group. I Very said nice he was him. delivering a TED Talk. <laughs> um, some agreed that the trap experience helped them, but others thought the ordeal left them worse off. Uh, Sydney is someone who thinks the trap changed her for the better, and we get flashbacks of her experience, which is the lawnmower trap. Yes, so that was Sydney and her abusive boyfriend Alex, and they're suspended several feet above the floor, clinging onto two identical levers hanging from the ceiling across from each other. The levers consisted of sharp metal parts which cut their hands as they gripped them. Below Alex and Sydney on the floor were dozens of upturned lawnmowers, all with the blades actively rotating. In order for one to survive, the other had to let go of the lever and fall onto the rotating blades. This was also, we don't really know anything about where this trap is, but it like turns around and there's like gnomes (gasps) on a shelf. 
And so I'm like, are they in a garden center? Is this like an abandoned garden center? I said abandoned gnome factory. <laughs> I love that even more. I had that in my notes and I was like, wait, when did, like, why did I write that? But yes, Gnomes. it was that scene. We don't, like, we don't get any information. We just get flashbacks of gnomes. Of gnomes and they looked menacing. They did. They did. Didn't they? Um, so Bobby gives the gang a little pep talk meant to inspire, but his pep talk is interrupted by the sarcastic clapping of a mysterious man sitting in the shadows, who indirectly questions the usefulness of the meetings and hints that it is no more than promo for Bobby's fame. At the end of the meeting, Kale asks Bobby who the creepy guy at the meeting with the cane is. Bobby reveals that the man is at the meetings all the time, but that he's harmless and there is nothing to worry about. Of course, we, the audience, recognize this man as none other than Dr. Lawrence Gordon, or Lair Bear for short. (laughs) Joyce and a bodyguard head out to the car, but when Bobby goes out to join them, he finds the car empty. Without warning, he is suddenly attacked. Attacked! happens a lot in these films i love this part to the little like first of all are they in a church because that's another location yes it looks very churchy like church basement Mm -hmm. and also dr lawrence gordon is just sitting in the shadows and like how long (laughs) how long had the meeting been going on and there's just some guy in the shadows yeah and like kale's used to it he's like oh yeah he's here all the time all the time but okay (laughs) all right Meanwhile, Hoffman sets up the game, which focuses on Bobby, who has, of course, lied about his involvement in the Jigsaw universe. (laughs) Following his abduction, Bobby wakes up in a cylindrical cage. Billy appears on a TV screen and tells him that they both know his story of being a Jigsaw survivor is a hoax. Now he must earn that status by completing a series of tasks to get his wife. Dun-dun. And that's Bobby's trial. Of course, it's called Bobby's trial. Um, so he woke up trapped in the abandoned, cleared on psychiatric hospital. He had 60 minutes to face a series of tests in order to save his wife, Joyce Dagan. A red line painted on the floor showed Bobby the path and guided him through the rooms of the hospital. As the tape ends, Bobby's cage is moved into an upright position and suspended from the ceiling. And that is the suspended cage. As always, an apt (laughs) name. Bobby's trapped in a large cylindrical metal cage suspended by a pulley system several feet above the floor. Below the cage were two metal platforms with several large spikes attached to them. To escape the cage, Bobby had to pull a lever hanging from the ceiling thereby opening the bottom of the cage and dropping Bobby out in order to avoid being impaled or implied as autocorrect did to me. Bobby had to swing back and forth and jump to safety at the right moment. And his little message is, hello, Bobby. I want to play a game. I'm sensing he wants to play a game. I don't know. You have amassed wealth, fame, and notoriety based on your story of survival Many have aided in your cause. Few know the truth. You are a liar. (laughs) You and I both know you have never been in a trap, nor have you ever been tested. Today, these lies will come full circle, and you will learn if you truly have what it takes to call yourself a survivor. The cage you find yourself in will symbolize your rebirth. 
Within the next 60 minutes, you must stay on the path of learning and traverse a series of obstacles. It's not a test this time. It's a series of obstacles <laughs> you're traversing. <laughs> to obtain access to your wife, who you will have also <laughs> deceived, if you fail to reach her before the clock runs out, she will die. Live or die, Bobby. Make your choice. Obtain access to your wife is such <laughs> an interesting way to phrase that. Crazy. Also, um, just him talking about Bobby being a liar. I just wonder what Jigsaw's reaction to Tom Sandoval would be. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's he'd in take a trap. kindly. <laughs> he's in a trap. Bobby quickly manages to escape the cage and goes on to face the next part of his game. To get to each room, he follows signs written in red, which contain the S-U-R-V-I-V-E steps from his book. <laughs> very handy and very cunty. <laughs> so cunty. Um, in his first test, he finds the publicist Nina strapped to a chair in the middle of four metal posts, each armed with a pointed metal rod. A tape informs Bobby that he has 60 seconds to save her. The silence circle. <laughs> the cone of silence. <laughs> Nina is seated in the middle of a large contraption. Isn't it always? She's seated, honey. Wearing a straight jacket, and her head is attached to the contraption to stop her from moving. The machine surrounding her consists of a metal ring held by four metal posts. Attached to each of the posts was a sharpened metal rod aimed at her throat. Once the game began, she had 60 seconds to obtain a key, which would deactivate the machine. If she was unsuccessful, the rod would move forward, eventually piercing her throat. However, the key was in her stomach, attached to a fish hook hanging from a wire. Bobby had to pull the key out, which would cause immense pain for Nina. Additionally, each metal post had a phenometer measuring every noise in the room. So every time the decibel level increased above a whis whisper? <laughs> above a whisper. Whisper. The metal rods would move forward, killing her even sooner. <laughs> and of course, we can't have no message. Here we go. Hello, Bobby. <laughs> Before you is one of your trusted colleagues. He might as well be like, in front of your little friends. <laughs> Some of your little friends. She has been your publicist for years, knowing your lies, but choosing to speak no evil. She has been richly rewarded for her words, but today she will be rewarded for her silence. He then explains the trap and ends off with, Will Nina live or die, Bobby? The choice is yours. <laughs> Although Bobby obtains the key in time, Nina cannot withstand the pain and screams in agony until the trap eventually kills her. Bobby again accuses her of never being able to stay quiet. Like, adding insult to injury, truly. This woman has been impaled in the throat. He's like, shut up! Shut up! You can never shut up! You can never stay quiet. Yeah, I, I'll i probably say this several more times, but I hate Bobby so much. <laughs> He's a contender for something that will come later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> upon reaching his second test, Bobby finds his lawyer, Suzanne, strapped to a plate in the center of a large metallic wheel in a horizontal position. The wheel slowly turns forward into an upright position. And this is the impalement wheel. <laughs> what a name. 
<laughs> Suzanne was strapped by leather restraints. Always. Always. Strikes again. <laughs> to a plate in the center of a large metal wheel. Her head was held in place by a metal clamp. In front of the wheel was a contraption with three metal rods facing her. Once the game began, the wheel started to turn forward. Thereby, Suzanne was slowly moved into an upright position by a pulley system, eventually causing the three metal rods to pierce her eyes and mouth, killing her in the process. To save her, Bobby had to step into another machine across from the wheel and lift two metal bars to which a weight was attached, and he had to lift it to the highest point in order to close a circuit. In doing so, four metal spikes would pierce his obliques, two on either side, and in order to save her, the weight had to be held up for the duration of 30 seconds. And he says, hello, Bobby. The feeling running through your body is fear. The fear of not knowing if you have what it takes to survive. Before you is your lawyer, who swore an oath of ethics, but chose to see no evil in order to benefit herself. If you do nothing, she will wind, wind to her death before the clock runs out. Do you have what it takes to help her? Make your choice. Uh, Bobby fails again and cannot save Suzanne, who dies before his eyes. Of course. Um, I said in my notes that just so many of these movies revolve around having to rely on a really stupid man, yeah. and this is no exception. Yeah. Uh, now injured, Bobby slowly makes his way to the next room, where he finds a signed copy of his own book. The book is missing its jacket cover, and Bobby finally gets a hint of Jigsaw's identity. Not long after Bobby had published his book, he had a book signing where fans told him of the inspirational change he had brought to their lives. A man identifying himself as John asks him about that role, and Bobby claims to be spreading a good message, but John implies that lying on public record is never justified. Never. He says, in ancient Egypt, if you were speaking under oath, you were required to say, if I'm lying, take me to the quarries. I'll tell you what it means. It means if you knowingly lied on the public record, you were subject to a period of enslavement. Very chill and very normal and definitely not something that should have triggered people to go, hey, is this the jigsaw killer? <laughs> Quick question, John we know the Jigsaw Killer's name is John. John. You, John, say me lie. <laughs> you, John, me, Jane. Like, um, once again, chaos. At every turn. Uh, he takes the signed book but removes the jacket cover, claiming he doesn't need it, and gives Bobby a meaningful lick. Lick? <laughs> lick. Look. The flashback ends, and Bobby, chilled with the realization that he has met the Jigsaw Killer himself, moves on to the next room. Bobby enters a long hallway where most of the floor has been destroyed, except for a few stone arches and wooden beams. Bobby's best friend, Kale, with a C, <laughs> waits at the other end of the hallway. And this is the hangman's noose. Great names again. <laughs> so he's trapped on one end of a long hallway with most of the floor missing. And he's positioned several feet above the ground. That seemed to be a reoccurring thing. Just people several feet above the ground. Yeah, everybody's suspended. <laughs> just like every trap is like, and they're suspended. Don't ask why. This one at least makes sense why he yeah. would be suspended. But everyone else... <laughs> He's locked into a metal mask that made it impossible for him to see anything. 
And additionally, there was a noose around his neck, which was secured by a lock and connected to a winch at the ceiling. <laughs> Bobby was on the other side of the hallway and had to get a key to the noose, which was hanging from the ceiling. Kale had to come as close to Bobby as possible and allow him to guide him over the hallway floor. However, there were several obstacles to confuse or further endanger Kale. One was a bottle standing on one of the planks, and then a choice between two planks, one which would lead him further and the other which would break. And once Kale got to the end and Bobby had obtained the key, he had to throw the key to Kale, and if he didn't manage to remove the noose, Within 60 seconds, the winch at the ceiling would be engaged and thereby hang him. And he says, hello, Bobby. Across from you is your closest friend. He knows all your sins, yet he acts as though he hears no evil. Today, what he hears will be the difference between life and death. Does Kale live or die, Bobby? The choice is yours. So Bobby ultimately receives the key, but as he throws it to Kale, who fails to catch it because he's blindfolded yeah. and can't see it. And he gave him no, like, three, two, one, I'm throwing them now, Kale. Idiot, idiot, idiot. Um, uh, Kale fails to catch it and is hung by a noose around his neck yeah. as the timer expires. Uh, as he goes on, Bobby enters a room with a locked metal door secured by a combination lock. The wisdom teeth combination <laughs> they got lazy they this really game. <laughs> did they said we'll just make it as obvious as possible so to get through the door to the room that held his wife he had to unlock it with a four digit combination lock the necessary numbers had been etched onto bobby's upper wisdom teeth in order to be able to get the numbers he had to pull his teeth out with the provided pliers very kind of them very nice and the provided chart of human teeth on the wall with the appropriately <laughs> marked teeth. Yeah. And he hits him with, hello, Bobby. Before you is the door that leads to your wife. However, you must first make a choice. As you may have guessed, your decision will be as difficult as pulling teeth. Time is ticking down. You must make your decision quickly. I love when he gets kind of funny with it. I know. He has fun. <laughs> he has a good time. Uh, Bobby pulls his teeth, successfully um, opens the door, and finally finds his wife chained by her neck to a metal platform in the middle of an electric fence. A final videotape by Jigsaw tells Bobby that to save his wife, he has to play the same game he claimed to have survived before. Joyce is angry to learn the truth about Bobby's faked survivor story, but she forgives him as he tries to save her. And this is called the Brazen Bowl. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and boy, is it brazen. <laughs> so Joyce is positioned on a small metal platform with a leather, Jesus Christ Hoffman, we get it, <laughs> collar around her neck and a chain attached to it. The chain was run through a hole in the platform and attached to a winch below. <laughs> Across from the trap was a pulley with two chains each one having a hook attached to it. Bobby had to pierce his pectoral muscles with these hooks and hoist himself up to the ceiling, suspended mm -hmm. up to the ceiling, and had to connect two extension cords in order to deactivate Joyce's trap. If he didn't manage to do so in time, the platform would be lowered down, then two arching walls would emerge from the sides and join together at a halfway point, encasing Joyce in what appeared to be a giant oven, Seconds later, fire would erupt from all sides and slowly roast her alive. Hello, Bobby. You have almost completed your rebirth. <laughs> However, 
Your final task will be your most difficult. That's bold of you to say, honestly. <laughs> Everything seems to have been pretty difficult for him, at least at this point. <laughs> the woman before you symbolizes your success. She's your trophy, and she has seen the good in your message, despite its dishonest beginnings. Today, we will see if you can truly earn her love. To prove your status as a survivor, you must overcome a game that should be all too familiar. You've supposedly survived it once already. <laughs> so it should be easy to survive once again. Both hands will be needed to complete this task. But what? <laughs> that should be simple, for as you claim to understand, the pectoral muscles can easily support your weight. So I ask you, Bobby, when you embrace every day as if it's your last, will it be with your wife? Make your choice. So at the same time as Bobby's game takes place, Hoffman continues to pressure Gibson and sends another video with a cryptic message. He says, hello, Gibson. Once again, we're at a moral crossroad. I don't blame you for not giving me Jill Tuck, but you shouldn't let an old grudge cloud your judgment. Look to where you're being led. Look beyond the crossroad to the clear dawn. Do you see it? Do you see it? It feels kind of romantic. I do feel it like Hoffman is flirting with him a little bit. Kind like, of. Look towards it. What do you see? Like, mm. Is it the clear dawn? Like, <laughs> it's getting sensual. It is. I'm like, oh, are we <laughs> oh. interrupting something? Oh. Uh, Gibson, oh, sorry. As Gibson understands what this means, he and Rogers go to the abandoned Crossroads <laughs> Manufactory. Where crazy <laughs> manufactory? Okay. <laughs> where Hoffman had once saved Gibson's life by shooting an aggressive assailant. I have to say this. Why was this homeless man a kung fu master? The way he attacks <laughs> Gibson, who is armed, and a police officer, maybe with training, you would hope, is... Crazy. <laughs> crazy, 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 and I just don't understand what all that was about. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so Hoffman shoots an aggressive assailant, Kung Fu Master, yeah. even though the man had already surrendered. Gibson remembers that the attacker had been institutionalized at the abandoned Clear Dawn Psychiatric Hospital and realizes that this is the location of Bobby's game. He raids the building alongside a SWAT team but goes back to the junkyard when one of his colleagues, Officer Palmer, informs him that she had traced Hoffman's video message back to this location. Only minutes after he leaves the asylum, the SWAT members are killed in a gas chamber set up by Hoffman to prevent them from stopping Bobby's game. This is the cyanide box. So the victims were five unnamed SWAT officers <laughs> designed to prevent the police from stopping Bobby's trial. It consisted of a small box surrounded by a metal cage and filled with an unknown liquid. <laughs> On top of the cage was a deposit filled with several cyanide pellets. Once the trap was activated, a small plate slid to the side and caused the pellets to drop into the liquid. Due to a chemical reaction, the entire room was filled with a poisonous gas, which killed everyone inside within a matter of seconds. I find it very hard to believe that Mark Hoffman is a chemist. I mean, we have to suspend belief <laughs> for a lot of these movies. Yeah. 
especially when it comes to Hoffman. But and that's his one abilities. of them. Where I'm like, okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 Uh, as Gibson returns to the junkyard, he discovers a hidden surveillance room. Upon entering it, accompanied by two armed officers, he finds the mutilated corpse of Dan, one of the skinheads. Gibson looks at the surveillance monitors and see that Hoffman has hacked the camera security system <laughs> of the police station. He's a chemist. He's, he's a, a hacker. hacker. He's oh a costume designer. A costume designer. <laughs> he does it all. God. Uh, he realizes that Hoffman removed Dan's corpse from his body bag and hid inside it to infiltrate the station through the morgue. This is a great scene. It is. Because the... <laughs> Dr. Hefner unzips the bag <laughs> and he's just there with crazy eyes and jerks out and stabs him uh, in the neck. Uh, 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 just so <laughs> crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. However, as he calls Palmer to warn her, Gibson and the other two officers are killed by Hoffman's security system. Which is the sentry gun trap. Um, so again, Matt Gibson and two unnamed officers <laughs> are the victims. Designed as a device to secure Hoff's hidden surveillance room, it consisted of a machine gun mounted to a tripod. The gun was connected to a sensor that, once triggered, would emerge from behind a cover and automatically fire at all targets in its range. He thought of everything. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, Bobby has pierced the two hooks through his pectoral muscles and hoisted himself up to the ceiling. It also looked like he was enjoying this, like, this a little what, too much. This is what we're saying. It also looked like he gave himself the marks to, like, appear that he had survived that trap. And it just leads us to believe that he just wanted his nipples pierced. Yeah. Real bad. I think he's just kind of into it, like, in a kinky yeah, way. Yeah, that's, that's his thing. Hoffman has his leather. <laughs> and Bobby has his self-mutilation. <laughs> um, however, just as he is about to do so, his muscles no longer support his weight and Bobby falls to the floor. Ouch. Mm. As the timer expires, Joyce is trapped inside a large oven and roasted alive while Bobby is forced to watch. It's an oven, Raj. It's an oven, Hoff. (laughs) Um, Hoffman finally reaches the morgue, heads for the detention cells, and kills everyone in his path, including Palmer and Rogers. He finds Jill in one of the cells, and there is an undeniable sexual (laughs) tension, but she does not act upon it, and instead, in fact, stabs him in the neck with a nail file and manages to flee. She is eventually found and beaten up by him in the evidence room. Afterward, he straps her to a chair and locks the reverse bear trap from the first film onto her head. And again, we're familiar with her game, but... Speaking of back, back, back again, Jill is strapped to a chair in the police department's evidence room. The reverse bear trap was locked onto her head. The frontal part is hooked into her upper and lower jaw and would spring open, ripping her face apart within 60 seconds if she could not free herself, which of course she could not because Hoffman was there with only revenge in mind. (laughs) Jill's mouth is ripped open by the device, killing her without any chance of escape. Yeah, rip Jill. Pour one out for Jill. <sighs> In the arms <laughs> of the angels. Bye. Gone too soon. 
having exacted his revenge, Hoffman leaves the station and returns to his hangar. Which, like, <laughs> what? Like, why do you have a hangar? When did he acquire that? When did he acquire a zoo? We can't. Hey, he bought a hangar. <laughs> That's the spinoff That's the film. Sequel. Um, meanwhile, the news channels inform the public about the massacre and announce a citywide shutdown. What to which we city? ask, what city is shut what down? City? Hoffman gathers all his money. What money? <laughs> On my money. And some forged ID papers before setting the place on fire, destroying all of the remaining jigsaw equipment. Yeah. And doesn't that include Billy? Doesn't yeah, he, like, he leaves Billy. Leaves Billy. Which is so rude. So rude. You make him those glittery little and shoes. And then you explode him? <laughs> And then you just explode you him? Just, you make me glittery shoes and then you explode me? What the hell, man? What the hell? What the hell? As he walks out to his car, three figures in pig masks incapacitate him, and the ringleader turns out to be the mysterious man with a cane, Dr. Dr. Lawrence Gordon, who has been nursed back to health and resuscitated by John Kramer after the first film. Flashbacks show that Lawrence had assisted John in setting up and planning several traps and games throughout the previous films. Following his mentor's death, he received a videotape in which John asked him to watch over Jill, didn't do a very good job of that, and take action if anything happened to her. Okay, now you're doing a good job of that. Dr. Gordon takes Hoffman to the bathroom from the first film and shackles him by the ankle to a pipe. He takes the hacksaw he had used to cut off his foot years earlier and throws it out of the room. Then he turns off the lights and closes the door, leaving Hoffman to die with the words, Game Game over. This is also, we're back to the sick saw transitions Mm. we've come to know and love. Mm -hmm. And this is a literal saw transition because he picks up the saw and he throws it and it flashes back to earlier and then it's bad. It's just it's really no good. one's doing it like them once again. I'm glad that they came back with that transition because yeah. I feel like the last movie or two have not been heavy on the transition. And like, what a better time to do it than in Saw 3D when there's so much already happening. Like that <laughs> Saw would have been in 3D, and then also sickly transitioning us into the next scene. Like Absolutely. it truly is just groundbreaking stuff. And They're, I love it. They do it to us every time. Every time. Are we ready to bingo bango bongo for this one? Absolutely. This is another one where we were so close. <sighs> so we close. were one off. <laughs> Just one away. But let's run through them. Okay. We have our first sincere boobs within the first 20 minutes. Yeah. We, Jill, when she gets cut in half, her boob comes flying out. We see a boob. Boob spotted. <laughs> Just uh, us making notes. Boobs. Boob. 18 minutes, 34 seconds. If that's right, can someone please? <laughs> I would laugh. It was 18 it, it something. It was 18 something. That would be very funny. <laughs> so we have that one. Check it off. On our card, we didn't get a bingo, but perhaps. Maybe on yours. You have. Then we have the free space, of course. Mm-hmm. We have weapon slash life-saving item just out of reach. Just out of reach. The lever in the first trap. Yeah. Just out of reach. The saw. The saw just out of reach. There's a lot. A lot you could use for this. Especially out of reach when Gordon just throws it. (laughs) He made it particularly out of reach. 
We have the baddie isn't really dead because surprise, Hoff lived. Hoff lived, and then also Lawrence, Lawrence. isn't really dead. He's a baddie. That's a surprise reveal. And then we have also the baddie isn't dead because he pops out of the um, body body bag. bag. That's mm-hmm. a, another one you could use. Yep. Then we have character that exists only for exposition dumps and knows all the lore, which is kind of Gibson. Yeah. Yeah. He's just there to provide a backstory for everyone else and their motives in this one a little bit. He's there to gaslight and provide more. (laughs) We're back to having a gag-worthy plot twist, though, so Mm -hmm. you can mark that one off. Absolutely. Dr. Logo. Logo. (laughs) Lair Bear. He's back. (laughs) And he's bad. Um, We have characters miraculously survives, which should have been a fatal attack, and that is a lot of things. But um, primarily Hoff being stabbed in the neck with a nail file and then just, like, kind of walking it off. Yeah. But also, maybe it's, like, a thick layer to get... His neck is large. He's... He got a thick neck. (laughs) He's got a thick neck. (laughs) Then we have... We have character made to feel crazy slash gaslit about the situation. Yeah. Crazy. 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 It's a safe house. Get it? Safe House. house walkout. <laughs> Hoffman's here. He's at the door. He wants to play. Um, ending leaves room for a sequel, of course. Big time. Even though this was called Saw 3D, the final chapter. We know that's not that's true. not true. We have the emotionally devastating death of a beloved character. Rip Jill. Rip Jill. By Jill. Pour one out for and our girl it's Jill. It's a gnarly one. Like her... Yeah, her whole head gets ripped off, basically. Um, And we have character covers their own mouth while hiding, because she's hiding from Hoffy, and she's covering her own mouth. Yeah. So we got some good ones this time. We got some good ones. A lot of them thanks to Jill. Yeah. And still no bingo, though. So... One day. One day. Do you think we'll get a bingo within the last two movies? (sighs) I hope so. I think that would be a good way to, like, cap it all off. To wrap it all up with a bingo? We can only hope. (sighs) Please. Give us. A, I think that future seasons. Oh, it's gonna be like a bingo every episode. Yeah, this this is a warm up. <laughs> okay, warm up. Just like wait for it. Yeah. maybe we'll introduce new bingos too. Maybe. maybe we'll have another list. Who knows? So fun facts, mm. goofs and gaffes. Yeah, I can hit you with some fun facts. I'd love some. So several traps from Saw 3D were intended to be used in earlier films. Bobby Dagan pulling his teeth out was originally the idea for Troy's game in Saw 3. The concept of Dina being lowered onto the saw was initially supposed to be used in Judge Halden's trap. Okay. And it was going to be lowered into a grinder instead of a saw. And the horse trap... Horse trap? (laughs) I said that so confidently. The horsepower trap was also planned to be used, but it was deemed too violent. And then they said, oh, never mind. We'll use it later. (laughs) Despite receiving top billing and being the main baddie, Tobin Bell only has three minutes of screen time in this film. Yeah, he's not in it a lot. No, it's just when he's talking about ancient Egypt and he's like, (laughs) a period of backward cap on. And he looks like a cool teen. He really does. We also mentioned this before, but Chester Bennington from Linkin Park is oh, I'm just sorry, in it. I ruined your fun okay. fact. It's a fun fact. It's a fun fact. Also, last time we talked about how there was a VH1 reality TV show called Screen Queens. Yes. 
Um, the second season? Second season. There was more than one season of this show? (laughs) The second season winner was Gabby West, and she played Kara, who gets her head smashed by the car in the horseback trap. The skinhead. Oh, no, she had hair. She doesn't have as much screen time as, like, Simone did, because she's back in this one, too. Yeah, no, Simone is a baddie. And this is perhaps my favorite fun fact. (gasps) In a Massachusetts branch of Showcase Cinemas. <laughs> in a what branch? Massachusetts. <laughs> Massachusetts. Massachusetts. What's wrong? Did I say it wrong? Oh, wait, say it again. Massachusetts. Say it again slower. Massachusetts. <laughs> what Are I'm you saying Massachusetts? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> so let me get to my fact. In a mass branch of showcase cinemas, this film was accidentally screened instead of the 3D animated film Megamind, traumatizing its young audience. The children were told to cover their eyes as cinema bosses tried to correct their mistake, but it took several minutes to rectify the problem, and the children saw Dr. Gordon's foot being sawed off and cauterized, as well as the entire public execution trap scene. Oh my god. (laughs) That's my favorite fact. It also happened in, I think it was 2014 with The Hills Have Eyes 2. And this, I think, was the same theater. Stop it. And it was um, the opening of The Hills of Eyes 2 instead of um, <laughs> Mim, The Last Mimsy. <laughs> and it, the, the Hills of Eyes 2 opens with a naked woman giving birth to a deformed baby. And the kids saw all of that. Oh, my God. <laughs> my fun facts for you. That's insane. And where did that happen again? Somewhere in the East Coast. <laughs> Of the United States of America. <laughs> Perhaps Boston. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Somewhere. Perhaps the state that Boston is in. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Who's to say? That's incredible. I love that. That's so funny. <laughs> Isn't it good? Those poor children, where are they now? If any of you were in the theater when that happened please and you're grown that. up now, please let us know how you're doing. They got a free movie out of it. At least. <laughs> At least. Did they get free therapy out of it? I don't because think so. I feel like some of them might need it. I would say if I saw a man's foot get cauterized. Oh, like that was rough for me in my life. And I knew what I was getting myself right? into. We signed up for that. They just were trying to see Megamind. <laughs> um, goofs and gaffs? Goofs and gaffs. Okay. Um, at around 21 minutes, in the garage scene with Evan in the car, it can clearly be seen that the arms that are about to be ripped out from the chained guy are in fact already ripped out and just hang there, <laughs> waiting to be dragged oh, by the car. No. Like they're already they're just down they're already the detached. <laughs> um, at around an hour and 24 minutes, when Hoffman is chained up in the bathroom, he attempts to reach the hacksaw. But Dr. Gordon takes it out of his reach. But in the top of the frame, you can clearly see that there's a lot of slack on the chain. So, like, Hoffman could have easily been able to yeah. just, like, move forward a bit more he and grab just holding, it. holding himself back. Yeah. <laughs> when Dr. Gordon cuts off his leg in the first Saw film and leaves the bathroom, he leaves a trail of blood. But in each film after that, you never actually see the blood trail at all. 
Amanda was in there mopping. She went in there to clean it up, which, you know, good for her. And then this one, it's a little bit of a long one, but I do think that the, the way that it was worded at the end was kind of funny. So, in order to be able to get Jill, Hoffman infiltrates the station where she is being held in protective custody by hiding himself in a body bag. Body bags create an airtight environment around the body, which results in limited oxygen being able to get to the corpse. That's in order to slow down the rate of decomp. Therefore, even if Hoffman was transferred to the station more or less straight away, by the time the bag was opened, he would either be dead, brain damaged, or at best, severely out of breath. And as humans can only last a matter of minutes without oxygen. And he certainly wouldn't have been able to carry out the frenzied and energetic attack <laughs> that is portrayed in this scene. But, I mean, the brain damage thing does make sense. <laughs> he might have that already does, been working with that. That doesn't check out. Maybe it cured him. Maybe that's what happened. It fixed, the, it reversed the brain damage. <laughs> Trap survivability. Okay. So let's run through these bad boys let's one more it. time. We have the public execution trap. One person had to die. Yeah. If I was a person in the three, mm-hmm. I would hope that I could make it out. Yeah. So that one feels survivable. Unfortunately, it does involve killing a person. Yeah. But it's saw. It's kind of the name of the game, baby. But yeah, I think I think the public execution drop is survivable. Yeah, it is. I agree. Survivable. 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 I was adding an extra syllable. We're in having there. a hard time speaking, and that's fine. God. We're just gonna push through. Um, the pain train was only a dream. <laughs> so in it my dream, I would break free and frolic. We yeah. frolic with Hoffman down the train tracks. And he wouldn't kill us. He wouldn't. He'd make us glittery shoes. <gasps> Aw, he would. And handbags. <laughs> the horsepower trap. Well, where would I be in the chain of events? <laughs> Let's say you're Chester Bennington. Okay. I think it would be like a Band-Aid situation. Where it's like, you just gotta go for it. He was trying too much to just like slowly Inch it off, yeah. You just have to rip your whole back off. Yeah. And pull the lever. I think it is survivable. Would it hurt? Absolutely. Yes. No pain, no gain, baby. And that's... We've always said that. That's a facet we've always lived by. (laughs) Next, the lawnmower trap. Um... That's you're just hanging by levers that are cutting your hands and you right. have to not fall. I mean, I'd probably fall. I'd fall instantly, I feel. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't think I have the upper body strength for that. Not but like that hedgehog. Not like that hedgehog. Yeah, he was ripped. I am not. And I think that it would be maybe even before they were able to turn the blades on of the lawnmowers, <laughs> it would just be like, oh. She's done. She died. She succumbed to holding on to something. I'm genuinely not sure that I could even hold on for a minute. No. So. No. That's going to be a a no. no. Then we have all of Bobby's trial. 
it's very hard for us to do the survivability of these because mm-hmm. it's always relying on someone stupid. Yeah. If I was in all of these traps and you were Bobby, I think we'd both live. I think so too. And vice versa. Like, first of all, the suspended cage, that's easy. Just and swing. like he got out of it, so that's fine. The silent circle. Oh, I oh, I thought I saved that. This was like in goofs and gaffs and on IMDB with that stuff. And they were like, if he had just covered, covered her, her mouth, mouth and that's like, what pulled I was thinking her, the like, whole time. Fingers, was why didn't you try to muffle the sound? Like, instead of just yelling at her to shut up. Which helped when the thing is measuring everything above a whisper. Whisper. <laughs> a whisper. <laughs> Um, yeah, he could have, he could have helped her with that one. That one feels survivable. Yeah. The impalement wheel, again, it's just, like, you have to hurt yourself for a second to, like, save everybody's life. Which I think... It feels like that's a sacrifice you can make, especially if you're into things piercing you so much. Yeah, like, he should (laughs) have been into that, like, on a deep level. And also, it's like, these are supposed to be the people that, like, you care about most in life. this is your entourage. Like... your gang. And you can't even just like hurt yourself a little in to order to save, save them. them. Yeah. Grow up. Hangman's noose that literally only needed communication in any yeah. sort of way. Just hey, step to the left. Take it back now, yeah, y'all. y'all. One hop this time. Crisscross. <laughs> hands on your knees. Hands on your knees. Like if Everybody he had just sung that to him. Yeah, no, I think we could have done this no problem. Oh, yeah. The catching part, hey, look, maybe a little harder, but well, the getting to one end, I think- I think we could have done that. I think that. that's doable. Wisdom teeth combination. I mean, like, I don't want to pull my teeth out, but, like, I guess I could. And they provided a diagram. Yeah. So. Like, they gave me instructions. Again, just for a second, gotta do it quick. Would yeah. I like it? No. No. Would I want to do it? No. But, you know. To survive? Yeah. I guess. The brazen bull. Um, uh, well, first of all, I wouldn't get myself into this situation because no. I'm not going to lie about I'm being a, a jigsaw survivor. Filthy, rotten liar. I'm not a dirty little liar. No, I'm not. But also, I don't, I don't think I'd like I, stabbing hooks into I my pectorals. I think that this is not a survivable one. Because I think it's, he made it up. So Jigsaw was like, hey, try it. And it doesn't actually work. Yeah. Like, I I feel like it it was kind of, I feel like it's set up for failure. I mean, he put him, like, he got himself into this mess. He did. He has no one to blame but himself. Cyanide box, that's kind of, these ones are just like defense mechanisms. Yeah. I don't really think. But we'd survive everything because we're built different. <laughs> sorry. Reverse bear trap. Again, this one no one was getting out of. No. So, sorry to this woman. That's a negative. <laughs> I The people of Letterboxd, I salute you. You guys are real ones. They get us like no one does. And I love them for it. Um, this one's from Amaya, who I think we've seen reviews from this user before. It familiar. They gave the movie two stars and said, never forgetting the, <laughs> sorry, never forgetting the raw swag of that <laughs> one outfit John wears at the book signing. Yeah. The little backwards hat, hell yeah, let's go grandpa. <laughs> he's slaying and he's serving. No, he's slaying the house down. Boots. Hoffman, <laughs> glittery, I'm deceased. Glittery boots. Glitter boots. <laughs> glitter boots. 
Um, this one is from Mikey, and they gave the movie four and a half stars. They said, if nobody got me, I know Adam's decayed corpse got oh, me. Oh, no. I know. Why do we have to see him in everyone? Every time. It's hurtful. They say, oh, we're going to the bathroom. You're going to see Adam's Reminder. dead body. <laughs> Reminder. No, he's still alive, though. He's just he sleeping. Is. He's just tired. He's just taking a nap. He's just resting in peace. That <laughs> man is dead. This one's from David. They gave the movie one and a half stars, and they said, very nice of Hoffman to design his traps with 3D photography in mind. <laughs> Again, he serves. He's a, he wears many hats. He's no <laughs> flat caps, but many hats. He's a very talented ogre. And <laughs> we love him. Um... Sophie gave the movie two stars and said, <laughs> twirling hair behind ear, oh, Dr. Gordon, you're back. <laughs> Giggling. I didn't know I'd see you here. <laughs> anyway, hi. Good to see you, Dr. Gordon. Good to see you, my dude. With a bunch of little emojis. <laughs> that one just made me laugh. I like it. I like it. Um, this one is from... Jenny or Jemmy it's Jemmy sorry um they only give the movie half a star wrong they said Hoffman if she breathes she's a thought Lawrence all women are queens Mark (laughs) that's that's true and this was kind of the plot of the movie I like how Hoffman has like devolved Mm -hmm. from like his first like round of traps all being like People who abused women. Yeah. Like, every trap was like, this person was mean to a woman, and now he's like, Jill needs to die, because I hate her, and that's his only motive. Yeah, this movie, I would say, is um, the most deeply misogynistic out of all of them. (laughs) Yeah. But also... But also... We'll get to it. Um, Madison gave the movie two stars, and they said, why was Hoffman kind of hot in this one? I fucking betrayed myself. That's literally us. <laughs> That's us. Yeah. He was hot. When he when his face is all gnarled and, and he's, he's got some scrub and dirty and, and he's bloody. trying to kill <laughs> There's something wrong. <laughs> Turn this off. <laughs> Turn this off. There's something I'm, wrong. I'm having flashbacks to Turn it, it off. <laughs> Neon guns. Turn it off. Turn it off. Something was deeply wrong. He was too nice, and I didn't think it was attractive, but then he became evil, and I was like, wow. Wow. Um, This one's from Kate. They gave the movie three and a half stars, and they said, just so obsessed with Billy the Puppet's sparkly red (laughs) shoes. Yes. And that's kind of my biggest takeaway from the film, personally. (laughs) Will that come up later? It might. It might. Watch this space. Um, this one is from, uh, Luna, beautiful name. They gave the movie three and a half stars and they said, Saw 3D is only toxic to miserable people. I'm having a ball in this bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Which, like, I think that was kind of our viewing experience as well. Um, this one is from Zara, who gave the movie five stars. I'd love to see a flashback of Hoffman etching those numbers on Bobby's teeth, because I call bullshit. Yes! Yes! When did that happen? When did that occur? How? Like, what sort of, like, industrial strength anesthetic did you give that man to knock knock him out for that procedure? And have no sort of 
pain that you would then investigate and be like, why do I have numbers on my teeth? Yeah, like why, like running a tongue over my teeth being like, like, huh, there's something etched or... there. Craziness. And then crazy, last... Crazy, crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Crazy. It's a safe house, crazy. Safe Get it? House. Safe house, crazy. crazy. Crazier than a sack... What was it? A sack full of cats. Common phrase. You know what they say. <laughs> Um, And then last but not least, this one's from Alex. They gave the movie one whole star, and they said, Carrie Elway's Costas Mandalore, American accent, top 10 epic fails. Yeah. Hey. (laughs) They really don't have Hoffman talking a lot, ever, and that's why. Hoffman doesn't talk a lot, and I said to Zoe as we were watching this movie... The scene where like Lawrence Gordon comes out and he starts talking, and I go, he's just speaking in his regular yeah. accent. Like yeah. he he just has a British accent, but he didn't have one in the first movie. What Why? are we doing? <laughs> Why? What are we doing here? Why? Why? Anyway, thank you as always to the users <laughs> of Letterboxd. And as a reminder, you can follow us on Letterboxd. Yeah. At Honestly Pod. At Honestly Pod. Go check us out. We don't have any reviews, but we're there. We're ranking the movies that we watch. And we're so we're compiling them into lists when we have seasons. Just Absolutely. wait. Absolutely. Just, Just wait. The moment of truth. It's our review. Oh my god. Our review. So, if you're new here... Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> welcome to your tape. Um, we break it down by five categories. We have plot, characters, scare factor, acting, and aesthetic. So, starting with plot, what do we think? I, you know, watching a man be stupid (laughs) is hard. Mm -hmm. It's giving us flashbacks of Jeff Mm -hmm. from the movie. Um, (laughs) But also... But also... But also... It's just, you know, that's hard to watch. Love insane vengeance. Yes. Just clouding every sort of decision that everyone's making. making. Love it. Yeah. Important. Very. To me, that's a four. I'd give it a four. I give. I think the plot of this movie's great. Yeah. I don't remember any of it, but I think it's great. <laughs> and it's one. And that's the best kind. Like truly reading through this for this episode, I was like, wow. It's what like happened? the first time I've ever heard any of this. It feels like the first time. Um, no, I think it's great. I think, like, Hoffman's being crazy. Crazy? Crazy, crazy, crazy. crazy. Jill is not being crazy, no. but being gaslit. Being made out to be crazy. She's just sitting there quietly being like, there's a feral man trying to She's kill me. She's literally just being a woman. She's just... There. I... She's like, hey, are we safe? Like, he's feral and trying to kill me. And they're like, it's a safe house. Safe house? Get it? Safe house? Crazy. And like, don't... And look what happens, you know? <laughs> I, I, think it's an, I think it's an incredible film. <laughs> I is. really do. I really do. <laughs> I really do. I... Four or five for plot. Yeah. Easily. A, a four and a half. Four and a half. Let's say. Let's split the difference. I agree. Um, what do we have to say about characters? Five. Five, no questions. My only qualm <laughs> with the characters is that I hate Gibson so much. Oh, horrible. I said in my notes, um, I might hate... Oh, no, I wasn't even talking about Gibson. I was talking about Bobby. Sorry, there's so many men in <laughs> this movie terrible. that I hate. I said, I might hate Bobby more than I hate Jeff. <laughs> like, I hate Jeff in a fun way, but yeah. Bobby made this movie unwatchable. Yeah. Does that even make sense? Yeah. 
I'm like reading my notes. I also wrote, I didn't say this when we were going through the plot, mm. but they were treating Jill like Hannibal Lecter, like in they her, were. her little cell. Oh no, I said in my notes, um, I might hate Bobby more than Jeff, but I hate him in a fun way, yeah. whereas Jeff made his Was movie unwatchable. unwatchable. Sorry. Scratch I can't, it. can't read it. my own. Oh, reverse <laughs> it. Yes, that is like, the Bobby fucking sucks, but like, it was fun watching yeah. him be a complete yeah. flop, fail, doofus. Loser. <laughs> yeah. Flop, fail, loser, doofus. But Jeff? Not fun. No. Jeff is just like, I have to turn this off. Yeah, no, like, <laughs> it made it, it unbearable. No, so yeah, I say, like, again, four and a half for characters. Yeah, and, and it's only being brought down because of stupid men. Yeah, of which there's a lot, a lot. always. And stop gaslighting women while crazy, you're at it. Crazy, 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 crazy. Safe house, get it? Safe house. Um, what do we think about scare factor? Uh, again, as we've talked about before, it's very scary to have to rely on a dumb man yeah. to like help you out of every trap. That's scary. Terrifying. Um, the traps. I think coming off of one that had like crazy mm. good traps, this one's like okay. The like the brazen bull is crazy because it turns into a giant oven. Yes, that's scary. But. The rest of them are just kind of like, you know, they're not not scary, but they're, they're yeah. fine. No, I think the brazen bull and then um, the car one. Yeah. That one's pretty gnarly. But other than that, pretty tame. Yeah, it's like the beginning and the end mm. and the in-between is kind of like, okay. Yeah, so like three, a two. three, a two. I would give it a two. It's yeah. not that scary. No. Like we said, the scariest thing are stupid men. Yeah. Um, acting. This one is like, it's not good. No, it never is. it transcends. Yeah. And that's what we're looking for. And yeah. the accents, five. Round of applause. We're in a dark room at a survi- trap survivor meeting, clapping <laughs> in the darkness with arcanes. So I would give it a five. A hundred percent. I think for transcending. it's phenom. Yeah. It's just, this movie is so good. It's just so good. Yeah, no, like, if it's one thing about us. We are soft 3D apologists. <laughs> Till the end. It's a really incredible film. And then last but not least, um, aesthetic. I mean, 3D. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're back to our color-coding nonsense. Oh, we're so back. We're into our we're throwing things to transition scenes Mm -hmm. not a person through a two-way mirror but But a saw into another timeline which like that is just the epitome of the saw franchise five five yeah yeah (laughs) sorry it gets a five also i wrote this in my notes and i forgot to bring it up also Mm. but the end where they're showing they're again trying to like forrest gump people into the storyline It is like a Pinocchio montage. They're like, Dr. Lawrence Gordon is a real boy. John has created him in his image. And he is here to save the day. Like, it's just like, look at him. My boy, my perfect boy. And he sends him out into the world. And I think that as a aesthetic piece. Incredible. So good. That's so a good. really great observation. Thank you for sharing Thank you. that. Thank you. 
the Pinocchio montage. Um, so what are we giving Saw 3D, the final chapter, 2010, out of five saws? I want to, in my heart of hearts, give it a five. And I know that's crazy. And I know that doesn't make sense, but I feel like this is the greatest movie of all time. I kind of have to agree. Like, that feels insane because it's not better than the first Saw, but it's better than the first Saw because it's different. It's another beast. This is a separate movie. It's better than the first Saw in the sense that it's worse than the first Saw. and that makes it... The best movie I've ever seen in my life. I feel like, like, Saw, the first Saw, obviously incredible, groundbreaking. Drama. Never been done before. Thriller. No, like, it transcends genre, okay? And then, what did we also love? Saw 4. Saw 4. We were obsessed with Saw 4. (laughs) Which is another hated. Critically hated film. Saw 4, incredible. But like Saw 3D, it transcends. It's really it's the 3D that transcends it's, it. And like here's what I'm thinking, because I'm just thinking ahead to when we watch Saw X, which yeah. you and I saw in theaters, and I think undoubtedly Great that's movie. gonna be a five star yeah. watch when we rewatch it. But it's five stars good. in like the good sense. Yeah, it's a good movie. Like genuinely good. Whereas Saw 3D, the final chapter. Spoiler alert, not the final chapter. Not the final chapter. From the Book of Saw. Oh my fucking god. That's We're the having book. a breakthrough. In this moment, we're having a breakthrough. Shut that's up. That's the book. <laughs> now that's the well, book. That's the book. Shut, Shut up. up. That's it. We found it. You found it, girl. We have to turn this off. We've... Cracked something. We've blown this thing wide, wide open. open. Hot dog. Hot diggity dog. <sighs> Great. Anyway, five oh. stars. <laughs> we have to. I think we I do. think we do. Like, I know that's insane. No, that's crazy, 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 crazy. It's crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Crazy, It's a safe house, crazy. Crazy. Safe house. Get it? Crazy. I just feel like... You know why I think we like Saw 3D so much is because it just kind of reminds me of Final Destination. Yeah. Like, what's the one that we lo- that you love so much, Final Destination 3? Three. Three. Yeah. Could I swear my words a little bit more? I yeah. feel like it has very... Was that also released in 3D? I feel I like there is a there Final was, Destination were, movie that yeah, was 3D. Yeah, there had to be. Anyway, I feel like it just has very similar vibes where it's like, this is off the walls, cuckoo bananas. It was filmed in 3D, (laughs) had no business being. It has where a character we've been following now Mm -hmm. for several films Mm -hmm. has finally snapped in a beautiful way. Beautiful. We see it happen after he has to kill his boyfriend. He Mm -hmm. goes a little... Cuckoo. Do you love the way brutality feels, Mark? And he does. He says, yes, sir. <laughs> and he really leans into it yeah. in this one. And that is fun to watch. Mm-hmm. 3D, a man going completely insane. In 3D. In 3D. Yeah. A saw being thrown to, to show that years have passed. And I also think, and like this is going to make me sound like a bad feminist, 
But I think the misogyny in this movie is fun. so fun. It's fun, crazy. Crazy, crazy. Crazy. Like this stupid man gaslighting this yeah. woman who is like so much You know what else? Again, how you were saying we like it because it's like how crazy Final Destination 3 is. Yeah. We also like it because it's how every 80s slasher is. Mark Hoffman is... An 80s slasher yes. in this film. Yes. That's why it's good. Oh my god. He's a man with a marred face. Yeah. Coming for vengeance. Yes. Fuck. It's so good. It's oh so my good. god. We're foaming and frothing. That w- about. Oh my god, that was an astute observation. Incredible. No, I mean... It's no notes as we spent like an hour and a half talking. I have nothing to say. No, but it's just because we have so much to say because it's so good. Now it's time for our honestly moment. Would you like to start? I would because you kindly reminded me of something that I could use as an honestly moment and it's something I won't shut up about. And that is... Billy the Puppet's sparkly little shoes. And how would you say honestly? I would say, honestly, <laughs> those are fucking slay. <laughs> Where did you get those? No, like those They're are the designer. Those are the cunty. Are you are you wearing the, the sparkly little shoes? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I am. I am. Like, they are the cuntiest little shoes I've seen in my life. Like, the fact that Mark Hoffman was just, like, in his downtime, <laughs> like, bedazzling the fuck out of these shoes is so incredible it's to just, me. It means everything. And I, that really, it makes me go, honestly, I wish I had a fucking pair. Let's get them. Like, we can match. We should. We should. So that's my honesty moment. I love it. What's yours? I... We've talked about this a lot, so I'm going to say this as a joint, honestly, and then Mm. I'll provide another one, but I genuinely think that the safe house scene is one of (laughs) the best scenes in all of film history. That's the, like, that could not, like, I don't, it was serious. The thing is, that's a serious part of a horror movie, Mm -hmm. but a comedy scene could not have better timing Mm -mm -mm. than that scene. Yeah. It's, it's a safe house, you idiot. Safe house walks out of a curtain into a person who's holding a DVD from the man they're hiding from that was sent to them. Safe house, safe house, we're safe here. Nothing's going to get you. Oh, hi, Mark. Literally, like... Oh, hi, Mark. I'm right here with a DVD. No, like, literally, Gibson spends, like, five minutes explaining what a safe house is to Jill, being like, you crazy, dumb woman, it's a safe house, which means you're safe here, which means he'll never find you in this house, and then exits the room, and then is immediately handed a DVD that Mark Hoffman sent to that house. this is how good the scene was. I haven't seen this movie in, when was the last time we watched this? Like, years. Years. And when it got close to this, you knew I was, was in hysterics yeah. thinking about it coming up. Mm-hmm. It's it's perfect. No notes. Well, and as you said when we were watching it, Mark Hoffman worked for this detective yes. department, police department, yeah. for years. Yeah. And they didn't think, oh, maybe he'll know the location the of this safe house. God, 
crazy. God, crazy, crazy. My other one, that one is like an honestly, that's the greatest thing that could have ever happened. Yeah, impeccable. This one is a honestly, <laughs> and that is, I struggle to believe that even three masked assailants could pin down Hoffman. <laughs> no, because who were the other two? Who? who? Like those never get revealed. I don't think so. Like who were they? Amanda. No. No, she's dead. I'm, yeah, that doesn't check out. Who are they? Because, yeah, I just feel like Logo with his, like, he's, missing yeah. foot. That, he's crazy and he's giant. Hoffman is a rabid beast. <laughs> he's feral. He's foaming at the mouth. Like, you need, like, tranks to and knock him down. And they did they just, they did actually, didn't they, like, stab him in the neck? But they needed more. Yeah. They needed, like... You need to go to Rowan Zoological Institute yeah. <laughs> and get those. Get some supplies. So those are my honestly is for you. Yeah, those are good. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I didn't even really think about that, but it's um, it's impressive but unbelievable yeah. that they were able to take down Hoffman it's, in that manner. I just don't see it happening. No. Very good scene, though. Very cool. Any final thoughts? On this beautiful film. I think it's the greatest movie ever made. I have no choice but to agree. I think it should have retroactive Oscars. Yeah, give it the respect it deserves. I think, like, if you don't see the vision, then maybe it's not for you. And that's fine. And that's okay. It's just perfect to us. Yeah, I think ultimately it's for the girls. It is. The girls who get it. Get it. Like in a franchise, Hoffman is the ultimate girl. In a franchise that really um, hates women, which like I will write a thesis on this at some point. Um, I feel like this one hates women the most, but also I love it more yeah. than anything. It's it's perfect. It is in every way. And again, if you can't enjoy it and you can't get it, I'm, it's just maybe maybe it's not for maybe you. Maybe it's not for you, and that's okay. It's for us. <laughs> People die on this hill. Yeah. So. That's that. Um, don't forget, if you love our hot takes on movies such <laughs> as Saw 3D, hot. the final chapter from the Book of Saw, <laughs> unbelievable. All it's all coming together. Um, you can follow us on social media. We are on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Letterboxd at HonestlyPod and Facebook.com slash HonestlyPod. You can email us at thehonestlypodcast at gmail.com. And you can also check out our website, which is honestlypod.ca. Oh, Canada. It's so wonderful to have a real website. It feels so unfinished every time I say it. I'm like, there's no slash this, dot this, slash that. Slash home. No, just there. Just there. Dot CA. Honestlypod.ca. Go check it out. It's beautiful. Um, We also have merch for perch. You can go to honestlypod.threadless.com or you can go to our website and there's a link there as well. So check it out. Lots of fun stuff. Um, Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Spotify. We are on SoundCloud. We're on iHeartRadio. Maybe. No, I discovered that yesterday. Oh. <laughs> We're on the iHeart Podcasts website. That's I don't so know. Slick. If you Google honestly a horror cast, we come up. There's a lot of places where you can listen to us. <laughs> so check us out. The world is your oyster. 
Um, if you leave us a review on any of the platforms where you can leave written reviews, send us a screenshot of it and we'll send you some limited edition Honestly Pod stickers. They're limb and they're dish. They're so limb dish, baby. <laughs> uh, is that it? That's all. All right. Bye. Bye.